Once again, hello. I am Zach, and I'm Carlo. And uh, well, today, Christine. Hey, yeah. special guest Christine. Welcome, Christine. Nice. Yeah. To, hello. Thank you. Nice to have you here. Uh, Evelyn couldn't make it today uh, due to other reasons. Due uh, to life. Due to life. Life happens. But, uh, but if you yeah. guys had watched any of the stream that I did briefly, Christine was on that. If not, well, that's okay because we didn't do too much of it. It was only like two of them, right? Yeah, we only did two. It's, yeah. you know. So, uh, Christine, do you want to introduce yourself to the audience? Hi, I'm Christine. <laughs> I, I like video games. Uh, one of my best accomplishments in video games in the past year was I was uh, a semifinalist in the Megathon for PAX West. That was pretty cool. I feel like that's about as accomplished as I am. I also like user experience design, but... <laughs> yeah, you do some cosplay. Oh, yeah, I also cosplay. Yes. Yeah, your Mercy cosplay was pretty spectacular thank you i'll try and add a link to it in the description or something uh so uh as per usual any fun games you guys have been playing recently well <laughs> <laughs> well for one thing i started play, play so i really like silly games sometimes so one of the games i've been playing is magic Arp jump you are terrible <laughs> <laughs> but full disclosure i'm playing it too because of her <laughs> yeah um, so I've been playing that a lot. It's so very what easy. is it? Because I am not familiar. Oh, so uh, basically it is... Uh, a shitty clicker? <laughs> it's, it's cute. You, you're you basically a uh, trainer who is in this town that could literally just compete to have Magikarp jump the highest, basically. Um, and you like just slowly train them and make them the best Magikarp. And they even have like Everstones on them so they don't evolve into Gyarados. Okay, okay. <laughs> like you like hardcore are trying to become like the best jumping Magikarp trainer ever. Is it like a launch game or something? Um, no, it's a, no. so it's a mobile game. Yeah. Oh, okay. And it's like, it's, it's very Tamagotchi-esque, right? Cause like you're, <laughs> you're raising, you're, you're, you're raising right, and enough. feeding a po Pokemon, uh, a Magikarp. Um, and then you're kind of like. You're, like, trying to beat the leagues, and then, like, that involves, like, increasing your jump power, which is where the clicker part comes in, because you're watching the numbers go up, and watching the numbers go up even higher. And then <laughs> you, so you you do the equivalent of, like, what, the Call of Duty Prestige, where you, Dude. like, finish a generation, and then the numbers go up even faster! Upgrade mechanics are really, like, fundamentally satisfying on a yeah. primal level. Like, I have played so many crappy browser games oh, where it's just entirely just, you know basically just the upgrade mechanic have you heard have you heard of the game trimps sorry what trimps it's like on no. congregate it is like if you took you know like you have like fancy clickers now like sure. things like a uh, time clickers or whatever not and like the really like tap titans or whatever like super cool like looks super awesome this is like like the dark if you stripped <laughs> it down to its bare essentials like it is literally like it looks it's more like an excel reboot no it's like it's like oh, as God. if it was like excel spreadsheet oh no and you just watch numbers go up oh dear and you yeah and basically you're just like sending these little creatures called trimps to their deaths and like working them as like slaves to make the numbers go up okay Oh, it's huh, super wow. dark. All right. <laughs> but it feels so good yeah. watching the numbers Dude, go up. Watching... It's a 
dark, dark piece of humanity. Man, it's that whatever it is about that kind of like progressive improvement sort of thing. Like I played, I've played so many tower defense games where that's the case. I've played a bunch of like the launch games where that's the case. Like just you're trying to get uh, like a penguin or a paper airplane or something as far as you possibly can. And God, I enjoy that. It's so much fun like to like put on a podcast or put listen to some music and just basically click the space bar over and over and over again. Don't know why, but it's that kind of like primal satisfying thing. Uh, yeah. Carlo, have you been uh, playing anything besides Magic Carp Jump recently? Uh, so yeah, I've been playing a lot of Magic Carp Jump. Um, a lot of player unknown battlegrounds as we went over yep. last podcast uh, just because it's it's a lot of fun it's a great multiplayer game it's like i usually have like one multiplayer game that i play with a couple of friends uh on and off um but i've recently started dishonored 2 which was on my mm. backlog um because actually i don't know why because i really should pick up near <laughs> yeah <laughs> like everyone's that, playing that <laughs> that is like on my list of games to pick up but uh yeah i'm playing through dishonored 2 um i mean it's good to like get through the stuff that's on the backlog if nothing else oh yeah, yeah definitely and it's i don't know it's it's something weird that i've seen because like recent i also picked up recently deus ex uh human revolution no or... the second one like mankind oh. divided i think is the sure. name of it um and then like for some reason i couldn't get into it and then like dishonored 2 it's like i'm trying to get into it but i can't and i like i don't know if it's something to do with like these immersive sin games or not and it's something like i'm trying to grapple with right now i have a feeling mm. like there's there's like a there's like a video out that i could like probably talk for like 30 minutes on this or something <laughs> but like i'm trying to figure out exactly what's like why i'm not finding this as this as engaging because it's like it feels like you know i'm like going through the world but it's like i'm almost like wondering if it's an issue with like it not being bioshock-esque enough or if i'm mm. so used to like open worlds now and like yeah. I guess I would, what i expect is kind of like it's strange. You're it, expecting it to be a little bit less linear or yeah. something? Yeah. It's like, I'm like so used to less linear games that now like being put on a path, like I'm always like, am I going the right way? <laughs> yeah. It, it does kind of feel like that. Or if you don't have that thing that uh, a lot of games do that are linear these days where they'll have a little like button you can hit to be like, hey, this is this is the direction. This is the way to go. <laughs> well, that's not even that. Like, it's like uh, Dishonored's two level design is like really good Fair. in the sense that like you know where you're going, but it's just like I don't know. There's something. There's something about something it that's, that hasn't quite spoken. That hasn't quite. It hasn't quite like drawn me in yet. I've been playing it in about hour chunks, so I'm only a couple hours in. So maybe that's it. Maybe I just need to get in more invested. But I I, I like I like the world. It's yeah. a super interesting world. It's super dark the game design on it's pretty fantastic in terms of like the visual elements of oh, the design it looks so pretty yeah so pretty very very attractive game i finally started far cry 4 on the subject of oh. attractive games uh that's one that had been on my list for a while i just i got it on in like a deal for 10 bucks along with sniper elite 3 mm -hmm. uh eventually got bored with sniper elite 3 i mean like you as soon as you see enough of the x-ray shots through to the nuts yeah and the and the skull like after like, that it's, it's like so satisfying for the oh, first yeah. little bit and it was something where i we talked about this a little bit how i love being patient in a game like in a lot of games like tomb raider or bioshock i like to go the stealth route and like take my time to like mm -hmm. make sure i have everything together well but like for whatever reason it just like sniper elite just got i think it was like maybe it's two 
easy to do that. I don't know, but it's not, for whatever reason, it's just not yeah. fun to do as much. So it sounds just kind of like, sounds like you should do a Nuzlocke for Pokemon. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's like it's like my problem with like again like I think the way that I'm playing through Dishonored Two is probably like I need to figure out like how to play it like the way that I want to because like right now I'm just like being super stealthy and like. It's like this weird OCD thing where I need to like choke everyone out and knock them out <laughs> before like so then I can explore the level and like find all like the little notes and stuff. But yeah. it's like then it's like everyone gets knocked out and I'm just like this seems not like the way I should be playing. Yeah, it <laughs> seems like you're you should be expecting a very different way. To, like it's like the game isn't really built around that kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, it's also because it's like you have that sort of like low chaos high chaos thing where you're like oh be good or bad right like don't kill everyone and it's like the really cool thing about dishonored is like you get to kill it like killing people in dishonored is a lot of fun but yeah. like the game kind of says like don't do it because you make the world worse so like i don't know i might play i might just like say screw it and play like a high chaos and run through and just run everyone with my sword yeah that's the thing with a lot of those i think you know I, we talked about this briefly, but that was part of why I didn't enjoy the patient approach in Hitman as much, I think, is because when I did fuck it up, it's like, well, okay, that now you I got to like, restart. Yeah, it's like now I have to restart because I fucked up my patient approach and I can't just like work around it or it's not as satisfying mm -hmm. to just like shoot the guy I'm going after. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I don't know. Uh, anyway, so... Well, how, how, Far Cry 4, how, how is it for you? Oh, I'm enjoying it. Uh, <laughs> it's, you know, one of those, like, crazy first-person shooters that... It, it's got an interesting balance of taking itself really seriously and not taking itself seriously at all. Yeah. How, far, how far are you in it? I'm probably, like, half an hour, maybe 45 minutes. Okay, oh, so, so you've, gotten, you've gone past, like, the, the first part, right? Yeah, I got past the whole, like... Pagan men, yeah, like, yeah, yeah, and, and you, horrible shit going down. Yeah, though, so, yeah, it, it. I did yeah, not, not take the path to beat the game. Oh yeah, uh, <laughs> in the first ten minutes. Yes. So, have you heard about this, Christine? No. Uh, so in Far Cry Four, there's a part where at the beginning of the game, basically this dictator Pagan Min mm -hmm. takes you and like sits you down in his place, and he's like, "Excuse me, I have to go torture someone. Basically, uh, just wait here, and I'll be back." Okay. Uh, and what most people would do is be like, right, I'm getting the fuck out of here. Uh -huh. And I think, like, it's even an objective where it says, get the hell out of here. But if you basically just sit there for the next, like, 10, 15 minutes, you beat the game. You just go to the end of the game. Well, right no, there. yeah, basically what happens, he comes back, you fulfill your objective, which was to, like, um, scatter your mother's ashes, like, there or whatever, like, bring her ashes back. Um, and basically, like, it's, you, yeah, Pagan just sends you back off on your way. So, like, the, the funny thing is, like, without trying to be too spoilery about it, like, that way of winning or beating the game actually presents a very interesting, it's, like, interesting foreshadowing almost because it's, like, so early in the game. But it's, like, yeah. it kind of, like, it kind of makes you start going, like, okay, wait, things <laughs> might not be exactly what they seem. And yeah. you, you, you get a little bit more of that in the game that's probably... I don't want to spoil it for you. To sure, and I, I I don't know much about it other than I know that you can just sit yeah. there for like God. 15 minutes yeah. and then you're at the end of the That's game. That's hilarious. Yeah. Like, I wonder if there's actually an exact timer of like 15 minutes. It is, it's like, like it's like literally 15 minutes or yeah, something. It's so funny. There's an achievement around it and stuff like mm -hmm. that. So it's at, I'm, at some point I'll do it, but I want to get the whole story of the game yeah. first before it's just like the end of the game. Yeah, though, did you see the Far Cry 5 
announcement. I trailer? did. I oh would, was considering. It, it looks like it's going to be really interesting. I hope. At least with the topic. Like, yes, that's whoa. what I'm really hoping for. Whoa. I mean, we were just talking in a couple of podcasts ago about games taking on challenging topics and, you know. White nationalists we'll, we'll in the middle of Montana. Yeah, we'll certainly see if they go all, as all out with it as they can. I would love to have them like take that really seriously and really go all in with the topic of white nationalism. But uh, we'll see if they actually do. I, yeah. We'll yeah. see if it ends up being that or if it ends up being one of those things where it's like, this isn't really a thing. Like, like If you want to yeah. read into it, you can, but also you don't have to. But here's hoping, here's hoping that they take a bold step and talk about uh, the far right and white nationalism, because Lord be, knows there's a lot to talk about with that. Such a cogn- such like a poignant game, and considering yeah. it's been three years in development, so they kind of got lucky with it in yeah. terms of like hitting the right mark at the right time. But uh, yeah, it should be interesting. Yeah, I'm, oh, I'm, gosh. I have, I have hopes. I hope they. Uh, do it right. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> you're playing like all my simple Sims. Like, <laughs> wait, what? My simulator games. Yeah, <laughs> they're much less intense. Though huh. I just started this one. That's an early access. Uh, called uh, No Oxygen Required. It's by the same people who made um, Don't Starve. Mm, okay. It's really cute. It's a good game. It is. It's a good game. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I like it so far. Uh, it's still a little bit buggy since early access. Um, but. It's basically you have a bunch of these things called replicants, which are like space people who are like tossed into this place, teleported accidentally, and you're just doing like a survival sim based off of that, which I find just very intrinsically mm-hmm. like satisfying. You have to find like places that have like actual oxygen, and, like generate enough oxygen for them to be able to breathe and things like that. And I've really been enjoying it. So. Cool. What was the name of that again? Uh, no, wait, no oxygen required. All right. I think. Let me double check. <laughs> Good to know. Uh, so, yeah, one of the things I wanted to talk about today and something that I, I've been thinking about a little bit is... Oh, sorry, is oxygen not included? Oxygen not included. Thank sorry. You. <laughs> I was like, wait, that doesn't sound right. No, it happens. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, anyway, one of the things that I was sort of wanting to talk about was looking at a lot of the upcoming games and a lot of the games coming out where basically any competitive game these days, uh, the company is trying to turn it into an eSport. And Esports. like I think that's cool on some level because it's like there is a lot of chance to do that with a lot of games but most of them I'm looking at them like that nah. there's just like no reason for that like okay it's basically another MOBA or another Overwatch ripoff or something like that. I mean that. And like when you when you look at it right you look at esports and you look at where it's come to today and you kind of, I mean, obviously you can point to like the international prize pools and be yep. like, oh my God, like it's in the millions, right? Because like people are buying compendiums and like basically fun- crowdfunding money into that prize pool. Yeah. But, or, you know, the company that makes the game in the case of like Riot for League yeah, is putting that, millions into it because they're making millions. No, it. like, yeah, that's the thing. I was actually going to bring that up where like the monthly revenue I don't know it off the top of my head, but I've heard it is in the millions yeah. for, for Riot, and it's, like, insane. And it's, like, it's a lot bigger because, like, when you look at when you look at the free-to-play model, um, it's actually a lot more popular in Asian countries. Like, China, basically, you have to, like, make a game free-to-play or else people aren't really going to play it. Like, yeah, they'll, they'll play, like, normal console games and, like, you know, your typical, like, single-player games or whatnot, but, like, 
to get real mass adoption, like it needs to be free to play. Cause like there was actually a Chinese free to play call of duty. Hmm. I think, I don't know if it's still up anymore, but it was there and it was like around the modern warfare two times. Uh, I, I Super was weird. never aware. Super weird. Yeah. I can imagine. Uh, but yeah, like esports is like such a good, it's such a good way to kind of like facilitate this community. But then you kind of like, you have to take into consideration like what is what exactly are you trying to reach with this esports? Because like mm-hmm. you have something like you get Street Fighter, right? You have the fighting game community. You have yep. Evo, which is probably one of the most dedicated communities. Yeah, the fighting are, game community is pretty intense. But it's but like it's not really that profitable for a company. No, and you know which is interesting. It, yeah, and that's sort of one of the interesting things is a lot of companies are trying to get into that market now. Like if it is a competitive game in any way. It seems like they're trying to make an esport out of it because they're seeing the success of Riot or things like that and being like, this is something we want to get into. So part of what because I want to... Because there's money. Yeah, there's so much money. So what I wanted Follow to talk about money. with it is uh, what makes a good esport? Like, what are the... If you watch it, what are the ones that you want to watch and why... Like, what is it that makes it fun to watch? I feel like I only really would want to watch esport games of games I actually play. Yeah, I feel like, like that's a... yeah, that's the thing. Like, like for example, like I mean, extrapolating this out to like real sports, like the only real sport that I I follow like very closely is probably football, and that's because I understand the mechanics of it, and I've played football. I played yeah. football in high school, yeah. and by like played football in high school, I mean played a lot of flag football in high school because my high school didn't have sports. Uh, but I, I also feel like with esports, like the, the esports that I do follow. Um, it's probably like between maybe League, Overwatch, uh, maybe a little bit of Hearthstone here and there. That's fair. But it's mm-hmm. like I don't, I don't necessarily enjoy it unless I played it, right? Because like I definitely know, like especially MOBAs, right? That have so many different rules and like the meta and the stuff that you hear from color commentary. It's actually very hard to like watch and get into. Yeah, there's Whereas, a like, lot going on there. Yeah, mm-hmm. like I know the easiest one to actually watch and get into for a lot of people is Counter Strike. Yeah, just because it's fair. like simple five on five you know there it's a it's best. just kill everyone there's yes. not any like rules you have to sort of pick up with yeah it. i mean you have like the bomb and stuff but it's like yeah. it's very simplistic you understand what you're looking at um it's not as crazy as overwatch is which is like <laughs> yeah you definitely need to have some knowledge for overwatch yeah and like it like overwatch is really hard to watch I found. But it's so fun. It's no, fun no, to play it, the yeah. game. Yeah. The game is fun, but it's like and a lot of games so hard to are, follow. Yeah, a lot of games that are very, very fun to play are very, very difficult to watch for esports because it's like there's all this sort of different stuff going on and you may even enjoy watching it if you are like, wow, this person is really talented and I, but you have to like have so much knowledge about a lot of the game in the first place to recognize how talented they are. Like StarCraft was one of those for mm-hmm. me where it would be like whenever I would watch StarCraft streams, uh, Starcraft streams because those would be the ones that was like that was the first really really big esport that I can remember. I mean, yeah, that was like that was the thing that like really took off in Korea. Starcraft, uh, Brood War, yeah, mm-hmm. um, and was like really popular even to the point where they were showing on like normal television. I think they still show Brood War, yeah, games on actual television, but uh, yeah, I don't care yeah. for watching streams of it because so much of it was like. When I was trying to pick it up, like, uh, granted, I came to it a bit late, but it'd just be, like, all this stuff happening, and I would not be able to tell what's going on, and then all of a sudden, it'd be like, game over. All right, this person won. You're like, wait, what? But it's like, and because they got into a position where they were, 
guaranteed to win because they controlled certain areas enough and the other person mm-hmm. recognized they had no chance even though there was still like if they had played out the game which is what i'm familiar with in rts is just like age of empires play against the computer or something like that and you go until it's over so there's still probably like half an hour of game left but the other people are so experienced that they know all right they've already won and it's like how i don't know that's hard for me to watch is when it's like that's how most games end because yeah you need that you need that sort of deep understanding of exactly what the meta is at the time or whatnot yeah so it's like yeah it, it can be very hard to kind of uh to kind of get that and then like on top of that like if you want an esports community you it's very hard because i do see it with a lot of games nowadays that are trying to like add esports and trying to like ooh we have we have like you know ranked mode whatever not blah 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 and it's like we're trying to sponsor a tournament or something like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Nintendo. <laughs> I mean, I mean, yeah, because like, I mean, you have like, say, something like Rocket League, right? Yep. Which had ranks, has ranks. Um, there is a ranked mode. Uh, it's a lot of fun. It's super easy to watch, but it's not necessarily as big as the other. It's not like it's not going to be a league. Yeah. It's not going to be a League of Legends because it's the community behind it is a much smaller, a little bit more niche, which is why I think that you can't necessarily like force an esport. It has to grow organically. And that's actually something I kind of appreciated with um Player Unknown Battlegrounds PUBG sure. because they were actually I the Player Unknown, the guy that lead dev or lead guy basically said that, "Hey, I'm not I want I I like there for there to be esports, but I'm going to let it happen organically because like trying to trying to force esports on something is so it's just so shoehorned and it's like you're like, and they're like marketing people that are out of touch because they, they're all like, they're going to be over at like, you know, packs and they're going to be like, okay, we're just going to have like 20 rows of seats because people are going to come watch <laughs> our eSport and it's going to be super hashtag eSports. Like, oh my, let's get some sponsors. Like Corsair will be here. And I'm like, it's dude, just, no. Yeah, that's never like one of the things I think is most important with any sport. There's a, there's a great video uh, I wish I could remember the name of it off the top of my head, but basically it's about like uh, uh, spectator sports is a thing of beauty talking about Super Smash Brothers Melee uh, that has a whole thing about how pretty much every sport needs a narrative. Whether that narrative is true or not, you need that kind of like a story that you mm-hmm. like. That's what sports are is you kind of creating a story around those events or like stories sort of organically happening that you're watching live. And if you're trying to create that marketing to create that story, it's not going to feel real. It's not going to, it's just going to feel forced. You have to kind of like, you can have something where it is a community and you have like, I do think what Blizzard's done with Overwatch has kind of worked for the most part. It sort of seems like it. I mean, there are there are other issues with their whole franchising sure. thing, but but ugh. in terms of like how they've put that together, it seems like they've been like, we're going to put a bunch of money into it. We're going to say yes, we are doing esports stuff with it, but also we're going to be pretty hands off on it from there on out. And it seems like that's sort of a decent balance between the Nintendo route of either. Yes, we're going to make a Splatoon league. A Splatoon is going to be an eSport, damn it, and you're going to like it. Versus <laughs> uh, their whole... Nah, Smash Brothers doesn't... It doesn't exist. Nah. Like, Don't worry about <laughs> it. Yeah, we're not going to talk about that at all. <laughs> yeah, like... Yeah, they like... 
Nintendo is very like adamant, or like the devs are very adamant that they don't make Smash for competitive people, which is a little disappointing on some level. But then it's also, I can also see uh, who who does Smash? I forget the the actual game studio under um, Nintendo. Uh, I'll look it up. Yeah, uh, it's it, yeah, yeah, yeah. But like, there's I, like a technical studio, but it is a Nintendo. Yeah, it's thing. still it's still Nintendo first party, but it's like. They they're very like oh this is supposed it's to be like a to big like the... fun game right it's supposed to be like oh whatever we have multiple characters it's like supposed to be like live out your fantasies like see which character can fight which character and yeah, it's not it... this this like super crazy technical esport but like I think they kind of learned a little bit with Brawl because that's where they kind of fo- tried to go full non esports right yep um and then with four I think they ended up you know kind of like saying like all right like the, they the, that community is a big core of um of smash and those are our fans so yeah, we they're they're not actively yeah. raising the middle finger to them anymore they're also but they're also just kind of like leaving it alone and not really doing anything which is has its pluses and minuses like that that very much has been something that is very grassroots arguably the most grassroots of any of the major esports yeah. uh and has grown to be as popular as it is basically just through the community and the community growing which is really really cool but also means that it's kind of limited because it doesn't have the developer support that even a street fighter does i mean yeah i mean like yeah street fighter is probably like the biggest like the biggest fighting game in yeah. terms of like you you have people that play a bunch of different fighting games or they find their niche right whether it's like be it like you have anime fighting games like Blaz Blue, yeah. um, any of the any of the stuff made by those guys, or you have Mortal Kombat, you have Killer Instinct, you have like Pokemon Tournament, Pokemon Tournament, out there. yeah, te- like Tekken is yep, still Tekken. is a huge thing. It just finally came out on the consoles after being out for about a year. Yep. Um, but like Street Fighter tended to be the one that was like, hey, this is like, this is Street Fighter. This is the game that everybody can. Like from all other fighting games can do. Everyone knows how to do, how to you know throw that fireball. Yeah, like, everyone knows fireball. how to hadouken. Yeah, you know you know how to hadouken. You know how to show you can. Um, but it, it's interesting because like you you see how big it is for Evo, but Street Fighter it's still this small dedicated community. Even yep. with like all of the different fighting game community groups coming together to like. You know, and it being see no the hype. doubt the the biggest of them, like it's the one that always has the biggest prize pod. It's the one that always has like the biggest entry base in anything like Evo or anything like that. Yeah. But it's still very small compared to just about any other major esports. Or like you you take the two big mobas like Dota and League, and yep. that's like the prize pools for like the prize pools arguably for League are a lot smaller, but that's due to. Other reasons, I would I would arguably say, like most of the money from there comes from sponsors and from the sure. teams themselves, as they should. Um, but then you have like, yeah, you have the international, which is this huge event, and it's like it's talked about in the news. But and like league is talked about on ESPN now, but you don't really hear much Evo stuff. Like there, you have a bunch of majors, right, yep. that go on all throughout the year, and yeah, you get some coverage from them here and there, but it's not. You'll, what you big. get is like a token article. It's very much like the ESPN esports thing is like a bunch of stuff about league, and then you'll have like an article recapping the weekend or something like that in the fighting game community, and that's pretty much it. But at, at the same time, from a spectator's perspective, 
I like watching the fighting games so much more. They're so much more accessible. Like in the case of Smash too, it's so much faster. You have so much individuality with it that like everyone can play with. Like everyone has their own style, which you don't really get to see so much. Even in pretty much all the fighting games, you have like a style for all the players that you can kind of learn and be like, oh yeah, this is how this person plays. Whereas with a lot of the the leagues or the MOBAs or even the Starcrafts, I haven't really felt that as much and it's very possible that it is just i'd have to get so deep into it before i start recognizing oh yeah this person plays like this yeah Yeah, so one thing that i actually think is kind of interesting based on what you guys are talking about is a lot of them are games that have like huge pools of characters to choose from i wonder if there's like a minimum number of characters to realist or like a perfect range of characters for a game to have to make it actually viable for esports well no because like i mean i guess if you you could almost argue that there are different roles to play in Counter-Strike, mm-hmm. but it's not really characters, right? It's like you have, like, yeah, sure, you're you're probably either going to grab an AK or you're going to grab the M4, and then one or two people, you know, I don't, I actually don't watch a lot of uh, Counter-Strike, but someone's going to get an op, right, and use that, that, that to fight. But in general, it's not really a difference in characters, and yet Counter-Strike happens to be one of the, arguably the oldest esports. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm along with StarCraft, like the original StarCraft, because I remember I remember in like middle school, high school, I was playing Cal, like <laughs> Counter-Strike Amateur yeah. League. I remember that. I remember that existed. Uh, no, that was very like good. It's, it's not so much the characters so much as it is like the diversity of it. Like yeah. if it is like you could have maybe five or six characters in a game or you know like Pokemon tournament i do enjoy watching on some level even though it's a bit slow mm-hmm. and there's not a lot of characters in it I know, but they... yeah there's not very many that's part of why i was wondering because i was like you mentioned that as an example and it's like well that's actually a very small variety yeah versus but like yeah. each of them do have like i think it's the same with counter-strike too there's not a lot of characters and there's not a lot of things but there is like there's enough different roles and there's enough different like styles you can play as like you can play as someone who just sort of hangs back and protects you can play as something that is like very defensive or very very aggressive and i think it's more about like that diversity in play style that different characters allow or different like so long as each character plays and feels very different then Mm -hmm. i think it's more fun to watch when maybe that's part of why i don't enjoy watching uh um Injustice. I've watched a few Injustice streams and really can't get into it because mm-hmm. so much of the characters play so similarly. Well, the issue with Injustice is that Deadshot's OP. Well, or that dead, too. Yeah, yeah. Like, that's yeah, really it gets boring when Deadshot, the meta yeah. is yeah, the no, same no, and he, He's like broken apparently. Like the projectile stuff in Injustice is kind of broken. But I, like kind of on that, it's like I also think that um, an evolving meta is like super necessary to esports. Like, yeah, you look at something. So. Like let's look. What's one of the many many esports feel like? Evolve, evolve. Mm. That was like super pushed hard. Yeah, they e-sports. were trying so hard to make that. As an I e-sport. remember that at PAX and being like, "Oh, this is gonna be like the next one, a next esport, and we're gonna have leagues and stuff." And it's like, shit, they had to go free to play, and even yep. then, people didn't play it. And so it was just like there was no meta. There was no like, oh, there's, there's like gonna be like, oh, people are gonna figure out how to use these like these super cool powers. But it was like, no, it just it just wasn't. There's nothing, game. there's nothing to it beyond just shooty. There isn't, like, a whole, like, technique for you to learn to it. Yeah, there's not, like, an objective. Like, that's why I think Counter-Strike is so good, because it is just shooting, but it's also very simplistic, which makes it 
which makes the meta like it makes it easier to like get into that meta because then you're like all right now given these like limited set of parameters that have been refined on for the past like 20 years how can how do i how can i come up with something that can beat their strategy yeah and there's a and like melee is probably the most famous for that of being one of the most technical esports because in terms of like button presses and like the amount of stuff you have to do there's so much technique that the game was not intended to do that new people are figuring out all the time and that's sort of why it survived honestly is because it is so complicated and it is so hard that everyone's kind of like feels like i can still figure something out with this i can still do something new like if every game was the kind of thing where it's like all right a few group of people have absolutely mastered it 100 percent. like they are the best of the best and there's no way around that of like mm. you can't do something that's like wow no one's ever seen that before then it's not going to have the longevity that another game that has that kind of fluidity would yeah <laughs> yeah makes sense i think that's uh i think that's some some good stuff there yeah, cool. Carlo, did you have uh, something you were thinking about coming into this? No. Unfortunately, <laughs> I've, I've been incredibly busy. Yeah, it happens. Um, well, you do have some cool stuff to, to talk about. But... Well, you can't really talk no, about that. No, you can't just, talk about that's that. Like, that's, that's true. But that's, yeah. I, that I guess a... like you, ha- you, you have cool things going on in your life we more have, so than we, cool things to talk about. Yeah, we yeah. Have, uh, yeah, we'll have an announcement probably in the coming weeks for some interesting... Uh, changes uh yes but uh yeah we'll, we'll come announce that um i'm actually personally i'm more interested in the topic that our guest here christine uh Ooh. has because i mean that's why really I, I that's why i wanted her on i've no, wanted absolutely. her on for a while so absolutely so please christine you have a, a interesting topic let's let's um, go well one thing i've done for fun is uh i kind of worked on a talk about uh user experience in game design and video hmm. games um, and I think he was mostly interested in the part where for how uh, video games specifically can go into uh, designing for uh, XR environments. Mm. Because if you think about it, like I was trying to originally when I was looking at that talk, like figure out like ways you could take components from video games and implement them into like standard like interfaces and the like. And then I realized like really it, you can't quite do that. But you can, for XR environments, you're kind of trying to put take elements that you can get that work really well in a um, kind of like a more 3D perspective and take them and apply them to your real life and how you actually experience things. Um, yeah, like uh, also just a, just a clarification for all the <laughs> listeners out there, XR, uh, X-reality is a relatively new term. Uh, it's more of a catch-all term for... Virtual reality, Virtual augmented, augmented, yeah, augmented like, reality. Yeah. Uh, I think I was looking at the Wikipedia article a little bit ago. Like mm-hmm. cinematic reality is now a thing, which I have no idea <laughs> what that what is. That oh, is. have you not seen any of those? No. no what, what is what is cinematic oh, reality? I, I I assume I assume it's basically like um, you just have like a three D movie in which it goes on around you, and you can watch any of those components. Kind of like being stuck in a room oh, in an environment. Yeah, it's like I remember yeah. seeing those like. Like oh the movies like all around you or like it's like a giant like geodesic dome that yeah I've seen demos yeah. of that with like uh, uh, there was the thing that was at PAX that they later took around that, I think it was PAX maybe mm-hmm. maybe it was E3 that was the Game of Thrones the Wall 
where you were like oh, going yeah. up the wall and that was their whole thing is that you could do like the you're basically just on the set and mm. you're kind of you have the like full ability but i mean it was just a demo there wasn't really much to it but yeah. i remember seeing that and i guess that would be what cinematic reality would be i'm pretty sure it is i mean and that makes sense especially if you're able to like catch different parts of the story with different locations like if you look oh. into like actual like or live theater, there are some things of a similar nature where it's oh, like... Oh, yeah, like the theater in the round or yeah. and stuff like that where you... Well, theater in the round is like almost the opposite of yeah. of cinematic reality it's, in the sense that you're around it. But like, yeah, like having... Like incorporating parts of the theater, um, audio, like where the audience is into the actual mm. uh, show. I wonder, that's really cool. <laughs> it is really cool. I, I, for me, I'm almost wondering... Like for me, I think that would be a little too intense like there's a mm -hmm. bit too much going on like I, i'd have a hard time being like hey some of the story's going on here some of it's going on over here it'd be like fuck i'm gonna miss shit what do i do so i think it's definitely one of those things where it's like they definitely try to put like a full complete story from a perspective in front of you and then if you really enjoyed that you can go back and then experience it again from the other perspective i think that's usually the point there yeah i, I increase watchability that's fair yeah uh, anyway, but yeah, with the, the user experience stuff, back to the original original topic, I feel like, yeah, that's definitely a really interesting challenge because I, I think most most games in general don't really think about the user experience much in the first place. Like, there's a lot of stuff where it's like the menus look cool, but they're not really easy to navigate or something no. like that. Like, I it'd be interesting to be... A, to like take games from a UX perspective like I'm honestly I think that would have helped Bungie tremendously if as if they had oh just employed God. a UX person in Destiny because yeah I mean there's there's a lot of quality of life stuff coming in Destiny 2 that I hear it actually makes that so much better but yeah who's, who's I okay <laughs> if you time, you are <laughs> if you are a designer or a UX person working in video games right now and you think it's a good idea to make it so I'm moving a cursor with my joystick, please just just don't. Yeah, just don't. That, and that's so common is to have it. that be the thing. Yeah, like there's like a couple of conventions. One of them, it's like if you're going into a menu, it's like yep, either you are moving the cursor or Ugh. you're like. Some people do like the weapon wheel. That seems to be a new. Well, yeah, the standard. weapon wheel. The weapon wheel has been like yeah, a lot more recent. Yeah, I've I've used that for a while. Like TF two had that like five years ago. Yeah, yeah like it, no, it yeah. It seems to be like most games I play that where you can have a bunch of different stuff. It's like either you have the Halo method where it's just why to switch weapons or something mm -hmm. like that. But then yeah, yeah, you limit the amount of weapons someone can have or yeah. whatever. Yeah, right? yeah. Or you have the the weapon wheel method yeah and it, it all depends on like what platform you're on right like i i do remember playing the most recent doom game and like the one thing i liked about the sort of the user experience there is that all of those weapons were exactly in the places in the number keys that you expected those weapons to be if you played the original doom so it's like yeah shotgun on two <laughs> like <laughs> that's exactly two, yeah. what i need like that's the a that's gonna use 90 percent of the time and like just reflexively like panic mode two yeah yeah like, there's definitely a lot of games that I feel like when you're first using them, you can definitely tell when they put, like, a lot of thought into it and, like, made sure to, like, test it and actually listen to their users. Like... Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I mean, it's... But so much of it is also just, well, we need to make it look cool from a game design perspective and give all this ability to do stuff. Mm -hmm. But it... I think, yeah, Destiny is the one that I can really think of where it's like, man, if you guys had just 
like hired two or three people to do this, mm-hmm. you would have been so much better off. I mean, let's let's not discount the five thousand other things that were wrong with Destiny. Sure, but <laughs> it, that would have helped, I think, with like making it a little. Because I remember, God, I love that game, but I hate it so much. And that is God. I am fast tangent, but I am fascinated by Destiny. Like I've never played it. I it's but <laughs> no, no 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 no. Listen, I've it's like I am utterly fascinated by like I'll read articles about it. I'll I love like watching people talk about it. I love reading about it because it's like it's one of those games that people love but they hate. Like they're like I hate everything about this game, but fuck, I can't stop playing it. And yeah. like there's so much good game that's there. And it's so much fun once you actually get into those no, things. No, no, yeah, like, 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 like the raids were probably some of the best experiences I've ever had. Yeah, in video games, period. It's so good. But like Vault of Glass, everyone talks about. It. It's like this oh. is some of the most fun I've ever had playing a video game. It's insane because, mm-hmm. like, yeah, it doesn't hold your hand. Like you've already played the game. It's end game content, so you're like, you're trying to figure it out with a couple of friends, and it's just so intense. The timing is like, it's making your heart beat fast, and it's like, it's so good, and like. The, the shooting mechanics in Destiny are so good, but, like, the game had a content problem. The game had a UX problem. Yeah, I mean... The game had a... Like, again, I reiterate, had a content problem. Yeah, I mean, yeah. there's just... That was the thing that everyone would talk about with that. It's like, uh, not only... It's like, yeah, there's some great stuff in there. You just have to wade through about 90% bullshit to get to that 10% good, like, amazing content. Yeah. Uh, and then, you know, some of the stuff about, like, their communication with their players and stuff like that has been not quite Niantic levels of poor communication, but not great communication with their players either. I mean, yeah, it, w- it was never great, but, like, yeah, there's... Whatever, there's Destiny 2 coming out. I'm hoping that'll be yeah, better. Yeah, I think that should be... Yeah. That It looks like they've listened, hopefully. <laughs> That's uh, always what we'll you see. hope. We'll see. Like, I feel like it's it's so tricky. I think Nintendo actually does a pretty good job overall for doing that. They obviously actually try to test things. Like, there's a reason why Breath of the Wild got so popular beyond just, like, Nintendo fangirls and fanboys. <laughs> like, <laughs> I mean, yeah. So, like, Nintendo usually... I want to... Okay. I would say, like, Nintendo has, like this polish but like in terms of ux mm-hmm. holy shit nintendo needs to get their shit together when it comes to anything that's outside of a game yep they have oh, like yeah, no yeah. idea what they're doing whatsoever i mean yeah their games are good but then yeah you're right their website oh they still I, well, i'm still that. so bitter that club nintendo and then ended and then they went to this like silly system for my nintendo which is basically worthless since it's like here we're gonna reward you by giving you discounts on games you probably already bought yeah and it's like <sighs> friend codes are still back in nintendo switch land mm-hmm. right and also like why if you, it's the worst system and if I've you ever like seen. lose like your your 3ds which i i i did but got back recently like you don't have very many ways to like restore your stuff like i nope. have like I don't know how long, but, like, probably, like, five years of, like, actively using my 3DS. And if I lost it, I wouldn't be able to restore that time and effort I put in. And I've, like, put a shit ton of effort into, like, those Street Pass games and silly things, so... Yep. It's, like, fundamentally, Nintendo, for better or worse, is a game company. And yeah. so much of what they do great... Okay, that, 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 is, that is no excuse. <laughs> no, no, no. It, I'm not saying it's an excuse. I'm saying that, like, that has been clearly their philosophy, though. It has been to say, we're going to make, like, the 
experience of our games, fantastic. Well, what about all the other stuff? Ah, no one cares about all the other stuff. I mean, That's yeah. not important. Like, like I, there's so many things I could just like rock, rack off the top of my head that are like bad UX, like the new the new weird Nintendo Online stuff where if you want to talk to people it has to be on your it's like an app on your phone yep. from what oh, I yeah, understand that's so bizarre that is yeah. I mean it's like I mean okay so like good on Nintendo for being like hey you already have a way to communicate with people <laughs> let's just use that instead of building this thing into the switch because we're too worried that you're somehow going to use our friend system to own a switch because I don't know I think they're super paranoid about that it just seems feels like it mm-hmm. Or you have the like Mario Maker stuff, like that yeah. was like it was a great game that you started sharing with people, but then it's like it took them way too long, or not necessarily way too long, but it took them a significant amount of time to like add that sort of online feature, right? The website yeah. where you could like be able to share stuff, but even then, it, it wasn't even that great, yeah, and yeah. it wasn't built in the game. So I feel like a lot of their like social interactions, they're trying so hard to copy what they've seen as uh, successful. Like, they're trying to also do it that way. Um, like, for instance, like, now, like, online play is free, but they're going to do a charge system. I think it's going to be, like, 20 bucks for the year. Yeah, it's, yeah. like, it's it's super cheap, so that's, like, yeah, that's Yeah, so that's nice. not that bad. And then they're also trying to do, like, oh, yeah, you can use, uh, you know, play our free unlimited games, which apparently are, like, retro games. And apparently those games are also going to be multiplayer, like, yeah. on so their Yeah, so supposedly system. some yeah. of it will be. Like, you'll so, be able to do, like, Mario Kart and stuff. Like the classic school, ones, yeah. Classic Mario Kart, yeah. Oh, yeah, the deals, so, the deal for th- that is like super insane. What, yeah, that actually is so cool it, sounding. Yeah, I mean, like it sounds pretty badass. What I am, I, I, I'm curious if that's going to be the full replacement for the virtual console, because it is a different thing to have something that it like. It, I think it's a really cool idea to be able to just play those games, but also. Mm-hmm. A concern I have is a similar concern with, like, basically less physical media in general and less being able to download it is, you know, you don't own it. And, like, that's what I do love about Virtual Console is just like, hey, you want a copy of Super Mario 64? Here, just buy it and download it. There you go. It's like... You know, uh... I really, I really, really wish... That the Switch had an achievement system, like God, Steam. What are they doing? Like can't like if they had the Everyone same. Everyone does that. Right? Why don't you just like add it? It costs like, nothing. And like some of their games <laughs> I mean, like, have okay, achievements it, it sort in the of game. Does, but... No, but it doesn't like store it like on the system as oh, an yeah, achievement. Yeah, 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 yeah. It'll be like in the game as an achievement, but then you can't like share it or like have your friends see it, which bothers me so much. Yeah, it's uh that's one of those things where it's like they again are they're a game. Well, they, like, well, no, they just suck. Like Nintendo specifically, <laughs> like just sucks at social. Yeah, like, yeah. they suck it. They suck at internet and they suck at social. Yeah. And like that the interesting true. thing is, like they're actually bringing in like a lot of indie developers and things for the Switch, which is great. Like I actually really want to buy several games on the Switch because I'll play it more often than on my PC. But like I wish I had that achievement system because I like collecting achievements. It's just yeah. something I love to do. Because it it is again, it's a similar with the upgrade mechanic thing. Is that little point of like you did a thing? Congratulations! Right? It's like it is just primally satisfying. Oh, it's so good. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I big old tangent there with uh, talking about that, but that's fine. I, it's still, well, I mean, know. I mean, it is, but it is totally a UX thing. It's yeah, a I mean, experience. It, oh, for absolutely, hundred percent, hundred percent is, and with. As more people are starting to get into the XR space, you know, that is going to bring up some other interesting challenges that the game industry as a whole 
hasn't done a great job of solving in the past is i think sort of the moral of what we're trying to get like, to like yeah. movement in I, games oh, i still love how they're slowly trying to figure out ways not to make pe- people terribly motion sick yeah that's mostly just a vr versus uh AR. yeah like ar air is like definitely like, like hololens-esque stuff but right? pretty much yeah you have to like force people to like teleport upstairs because apparently if you're like actually walking upstairs in like a game like you get so motion fa- sick that so fast. you get so much vertigo yeah and like i remember at pax a few years ago uh my sister-in-law was uh, doing this demo for a dragon flight simulator and basically <laughs> like afterwards she was like i'm never doing that again <laughs> yeah it's because your eyes are telling you you're moving but uh, the rest of your body's like, no, I'm not. Yeah. <laughs> yeah well, th- th- to be fair, it was like, I do remember, it was one of the more seated VR games. I think I was playing Hawken, the mech game. Oh, yeah, yeah, um, And there was a point where I was falling in game, but it was like, because you were in a mech mentally and like inside, like when you're in a, in, in like any sort of like vehicle, you're not really moving. Like you can sort of, you're sort of moving, but you're not. So it's yeah. like, you kind of have that sort of sense and you know when, when you're about to move or not. Falling in Hawking felt like falling. And I was just like... <sighs> yeah, there's a bit of like... I guess that's sort of a way around it as like a bit of a cheat is to say, hey, you're in a vehicle. <laughs> like, it, I mean, you know, if... Because it's like, okay, you're driving a car. You are in a mech. You're on... What was the... Uh, was it like Cloud Riot? Uh, what was the one that's like, you're basically on like a barge or something fighting other people on a barge? It was a Vive game. Oh, uh, I don't know. Uh, it, yeah, uh, not either. <laughs> uh, anyway. I, I bet you could look it up. Yeah, I'll, I'll find it later and put it in a description or an annotation or something like that. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I think that will definitely be, movement is going to be an interesting challenge with that uh, in terms of like, the conventions around the experience in general, like the menus and stuff, like definitely the point at a thing and click is the standard right now. And then what you've uh, also seen, you've also seen menus where it's like you hit like the pause button and all of a sudden it's like, Oh my God, everything goes black. And now there's just like a floating screen in front of me. Yeah. That's going to be terrible. Yeah. It's like, I mean, floating screens are fine, but it's just like being so jarring. It's, it's still in its infancy. Yeah. It basically, and what I've seen with a lot is they kind of, forget about the vr part of it in the menu like the few times i've played in like pause it'll be like just a black screen that's like curved because it looks like they're thinking oh it's just on a flat screen but because it's like in your vr it's like it looks like it's curving above you and stuff and it's really disorienting or even worse it's like you you pause the game and it's like oh shit i gotta get the mouse and keyboard (laughs) yeah oh that's just not a good way to end something it makes you not want to play it more because it's like it's such a hassle oh yeah like especially if you need to change any settings or you're just pausing the game and you want to resume it it's like yeah yeah it's interesting because like especially with like you know the new touch controls that are coming out like the like i know uh, like vive had them from on release but like oculus just recently came out with them and you're trying to figure out like how exactly do you use these motion controls in such a way that make that 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 makes sense because like didn't they do a price drop too? Oh yeah, like, like it. Since I think it's now like almost a one-one adoption for the people who like originally bought an Oculus and bought the controller. No, yeah, now. yeah. The, the uh, like Oculus. Um, if you bought, if you whatever the price was, I think it was like what five ninety nine at release, right? Something like mm-hmm. that. Five then, or six. It's it like five. Like, it's like five ninety nine or six ninety nine. Yeah. I I can't remember off the top of my head, but now that, that the touch controllers are out and have been out for a little while, they just dropped the whole package to that yeah. same five ninety nine price. I think. Um, that makes sense. 
Yeah, since I think uh, the controllers were like 200 and they lowered them to 100, and once they did that, like pretty much everyone who hadn't bought one basically bought one. I mean, yeah. It, 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 Those controllers, controllers are nice. so much. Yeah. Well, the thing is like, yeah. like I mean, that was the touch controllers the blow it out. Was, that was why the Vive was winning early. Oh, yeah. Because it had the controllers out the box, and that was, it made it so much easier to control. It made it like feel better to actually have like physical things to work with, you know. Yeah, it definitely, like, works well in your brain. Plus, also, then, you know, when you're moving your hands someplace, it's nice to have, at least have a reference to where your arms are, which, I mean, that's just beneficial from a psychology perspective. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Well, lots of uh, interesting challenges, lots of uh, stuff to be thinking about when eventually, <laughs> if either we make our own games or someone listening... Hopefully, if, <laughs> if you are interested and uh, think about that, definitely let us know. We'd love to hear from it. I mean, I have lots more perspectives on there, too. We just kind of <laughs> touched the tip of the ice. Yes, and there, I'm, so. that will definitely be a subject that we should and I'm sure will talk a lot more about. Yeah. So thank you for listening. Uh, hopefully you enjoyed and we'll. Uh... Well, uh, well, actually, uh, oh, you know, well, Christine being our guest. like, <laughs> Yes. Where can we find you online? I yes. guess Christine, oh. where can we find you? Oh. Gosh, where can you find me? Um, you have a cosplay I, I, I only really have like online presences for my cosplay. I have a uh, Facebook cosplay and then also an Instagram for my cosplay. I'm much more active on Instagram. Uh, Satius cosplay. S-A-T-I-U-S cosplay. Oh, we'll, we'll post some links in the description. Yeah, yeah it's fun. Um, I'm actually currently doing not game-related cosplay since I'm going to uh, San Diego Comic-Con this summer. Exciting. But I know. I'm, <laughs> I'm so excited to go. But yeah, please check me out there. I'd love to uh, say hi and have you see some of my cool things. So <laughs> Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Well, thank you for joining us, Christine. Yeah, thank, thank you, you for, for uh, joining our tangents. I'm sorry that we did not finish talking about <laughs> Oh, that's totally okay. Uh, we, we, can even, we can even have like, you know, a special side podcast one of these days out of the regular ones and just just to talk on this topic because yeah, it's talk so, about you, so much there. UX in games is, oh, they're, they're is not enough about that right now. Oh, yeah. 100%. I'm, I'm so passionate about it, too. So, <laughs> yeah. I'm, well, there will be, I'm sure, many chances to do that. Well, once again, I've said it three times now, but thank you so much, everyone, and uh, we'll see you next time. Bye. Bye.